Hubhopper Originals. We all are born free and equal, free to walk and free to talk. Don't discriminate, learn to appreciate, so you don't have to imitate. Don't be the one to hate. It's never too late. You got the right to life. Innocent to prove and guilty, you can say what you like. Gotta get the education. Don't throw it away. Know your human rights, 'cause it can help you someday. Free and Equal podcast with United for Human Rights and Hubhopper. I'm your host Fraser Scott, Mumbai director of United for Human Rights. Sitting next to my window, like a caged songbird, calling out to all the other caged songbirds in the hope if we all sing in harmony, we may hit the exact note. Cures the coronavirus, springs open our cages. Well, we can dream, but. This is not a dream. It really is my rib-tickling pleasure to invite a director who, after I watched his Shady Key Side Effects starring Vidya Balan and Farhan Akhtar, I instantly said is one of my absolute favorite directors in Hindi cinema. A man whose last film, Hindi Medium, crossed three hundred crores worldwide. Welcome, Sakit Chowdhury. Welcome, Sakit. Thank you, guys. Lovely to be here. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It's also my great pleasure to introduce the South Asia Ambassador for United for Human Rights, last year's Hero Award winner at the United Nations, and an actress who was in competition at the Shanghai Film Festival for Best Actress against Kiera Knightley and Kate Beckinsale, Sheena Chauhan. Thank you, Fraser. You're right, Sakit. After Shadi ke side effects, I just fell in love with your work. And uh, now that we have you here in person, I insist that you supply as much positivity in real life as you put into all your films. But no pressure. I I won't take any pressure. I mean, though people mostly tell me that I am nothing like my films. My films are apparently funny, and I'm not at all. Oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. So, with all the positivity in the world. Let's confront the poverty, poor health, handicaps, and other sad situations of humanity by looking at your chosen right, social security. security. So, before we start, if anyone in the audience has not checked the dictionary, you could be like, "Ah, because of coronavirus, I've lost my social life, and it's making me insecure. That's why I'm listening to Sakit Chaudhary's Social Security podcast." Well, not really. Let's see what the dictionary says. Social security is financial assistance provided for those who are unable to cover basic needs such as food, clothing, and housing due to poverty or lack of income because of unemployment, sickness, disability, or caring for children. The world's most widely agreed-on human rights document, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, says we all have the right to affordable housing, medicine, education, and childcare, enough money to live on, and medical health. If we are ill or old, so Sakit, why did you choose this right? 
I chose social security because I believe that every other right and every other freedom that we enjoy can only come if we have a basic social security within our systems. If people don't have enough to eat, if people don't have healthcare, if people don't have education, then they're not going to be able to actually express the other rights. So I think this one becomes the most fundamental right that people need to have. When people's preoccupation in life is to survive, then then they're not going to fundamentally care about things like freedom of expression or or the right to vote. Those becomes those are things that you only get to once the basic fundamentals in your life are sort of secured. We've given so many human rights seminars, Saket, to many many schools and institutions, universities. And when I get to this particular right, students always have a question and say, "How can you tell us that we have a right to social security when looking around, so many people obviously don't?" So, with that in mind, I want to just read two lines that the introduction to the Constitution of India guarantees, which is justice, social, economic, and political, and equality of status and opportunity. Well, these are just on paper, but must be made to come to life, right? Absolutely, it's easy to sort of express these rights in the constitution on paper, but these rights are difficult to provide for. But they have to be, you know. Otherwise, you know, the very structures of society, especially democratic societies, won't won't be very secure without these rights sort of being given to everybody. Right. We're talking about making sure 1.4 billion people are fed. That's not an easy thing. So, Sakit, what are the major issues regarding this right facing the country today? So, as 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 Fraser, you pointed out that we are a very large population, and uh, you know these might seem like insurmountable challenges, but as earlier crises have shown, and especially this coronavirus crisis, where you know lakhs lakhs and lakhs of migrants have had to just walk back to their states. because they have no place to stay they have no food so this it just shows that if a certain kind of security is provided to citizens in a moment of crisis it won't lead to a much larger crisis if people had enough food to stay in the cities they wouldn't have had to rush back home on foot in a situation like this so this coronavirus situation has really sort of made it clear how important it is for for societies and for governments to provide social security to their citizens it shows the desperate need for this right to become a reality more than anything ever you know saket when you made this point about how these are the times and this is really coming up in your face it's always been there as an issue but now with the migrant workers you see the issues not just one but even recently with the cyclone that happened in kolkata i can see why you chose this right because it affects so many people in in so much need and i just quickly wanted to look a little bit closer at the indian constitution article 41 which gives all indians the right to work education and public assistance in certain cases such as unemployment old age sickness and disablement so sakit why is it important that people are aware of and stand up for this right it's absolutely important that people should be aware of this right because if you're going to reduce the large part of your population to just survival you know it it not only completely sort of uh, destroys the potential of the large part of the population but it also risks everything for the privileged few who have those rights you know if you're going to leave your more than half the country hungry without shelter they're not going to let the rest of the country stay in peace these social fissures do tend to explode 
and they create these potential nightmares that sort of that create permanent divisions in society you need every person to believe that they have a chance a chance at least at survival beyond which then they can sort of you know truly be who they are so i think i think it's very important that food security basic income these things are provided to every individual in this country yeah that's right when you look at literature down through the ages the stories end up with the fat cats being overthrown and history is a long series of people not looking out for the workers and then those workers <laughs> taking away the lives of people in power so you have two choices you can either not be able to live with your conscience and do something about it or not do something about it and it's going to come and bite you and i don't want to reduce this entire conversation to something which is about revolution it is not i mean even if you see even if you see the successful capitalistic societies you know those are societies in which there is less equality you know we we talk about the american dream and what the american dream is a template where anybody who is willing to work hard has a good education can become successful so that that sense that everybody has that potential and can accomplish it that is what every individual needs to feel and that and that is something that every, i mean we have to ultimately in a way save capitalism from capitalists by providing basic rights to everyone yes very important because there are principles in capitalism which work and there are principles in communism that don't work and so if you can apply the best of both what i was saying about the revolution thing is that unless what you've just said which is that the basic rights are supplied that is how you end up in revolution we want to avoid revolution at all costs we want to have evolution towards a new society where these human rights are followed it, it's in the constitution it, it just needs to be followed and also the law has thought of this i mean many uh, indians have tried to do something about it and succeeded far enough to get it to the supreme court and into law as far as the social security is concerned some examples of relevant indian laws relating to social security are we have the employee state insurance act we have the maternity benefit act we have the minimum wages act and almost all states have even got the old age pension scheme but i think part of the problem saket is those who are not formally employed like the migrant workers and they don't know you know about these laws so they don't even benefit from them absolutely not and and the and the problem is that in a situation like this during where there is coronavirus and the government says you know we're going to provide aid aid in terms of cash transfers or aid in terms of food the problem is these migrant workers are not even registered under most of the schemes you know they they come from one state where they have the ration card they come into another state where they have no paperwork so when even when they need to access those schemes there is no way of doing that so there is it is very important that even migrant workers are registered as workers i mean we need to have some kind of a worker database you know so that whenever there is a crisis there is a scheme then it should be able to reach those who need it the most That's a great idea organization. I love that idea. So as article 41 of the constitution guarantees public assistance in the case of poverty or unemployment what should be done to help the millions of people facing these issues now? I I am a big big fan though it's it's a very experimental and a new idea. I'm a big fan of rather than providing rations etc to people I am a very big fan of uh, direct cash transfer 
I feel you give a family, especially the women in a family, a basic income. You know, most women are the ones who are responsible for the family budget. When that money is transferred to a woman, she can see how she wants to provide those resources to which aspects of her family. And I think that's a great base to start. Once that basic income covers the basic as aspects of their life, they will be able to take many more leaps forward in terms of bringing up their families. Great. But the thing is that that's obviously not going to go to Tina Rambani, right? <laughs> so who does that cash transfer go to? So, for example, I mean, it could go to Tina Rambani, but I don't know how much she would manage to do with 2000 a month. <laughs> okay. uh, but I, but I, I mean, anybody who's recognized, we have, we have metrics on uh, what we call the below the poverty line in this country, you know, and, uh, and we can uh, easily transfer it to that. And even if we give the basic income transfer to every woman in this country, it, it will not be a big problem. You know, we have, we have the LPG scheme where the, the subsidy is given to everyone and those who are more privileged return the subsidy. And I'm sure that people from better well-to-do families will also do that. So I think just give it to every woman in this country and they'll be better off. And we already know that women manage countries and their families much better than men do. I agree with that. <laughs> so, Sakit, you know, I really like your point. I think this is an something that can be implemented. And under the circumstances, there's such a human cry about the fate of, I'm coming back to the migrant workers who are a huge, huge, you know, I mean, they're right now, they're suffering. There's food, shelter, healthcare, fear of infection or even spreading infection, you know, loss of wages, concern about family, anxiety and fear. We are human beings with thinking minds and feeling hearts and and it is collectively our responsibility, like you said, to engage with these human problems in the best way we can, considering the missing elements of social security. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 I think I think another reason why I, I champion cash transfers is that I feel other schemes what happens is you end up creating several bureaucratic layers to get those schemes across to people. You know, and a lot of times in this country, we're notorious that if one rupee is transferred to a poor, poor person, about 10 pesos get to him and 90 pesos 90 is lost in the entire bureaucratic chain. A direct crash transfer prevents that kind of wastage and corruption. I like it. Uh, now, because the human right says special assistance provided to anybody who is unemployed or has, you know, some special need. So my vote um, would be to go with what you're saying, to make a database and pay out that direct cash transfer. I agree with that. My only thing that I would say is, well, I believe that should go to somebody who is unemployed or in special need. And like as a, one of the laws uh, is that uh, a farmer, they are guaranteed something like 100 days of work by the Indian government. So if we took your system that everyone is database-based and then Anybody who doesn't achieve that 100 days of work, they instantly then start getting the cash transfer. Now, you can have your point and you can send your money to Tina Ambani. <laughs> and, and I'm in absolutely no way saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to point out that specifically that's what the human right says per, per law at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I see the thing is that, that there are different ways of doing this. And I'm not an economist and I'm not policymaker any i feel this is an efficient way the government and the and the policymakers can figure out the metrics but i think that is the way forward in which we can provide social security free education direct cash transfers
I love it. And love imagine these people who are suffering this problem say that your idea was implemented now, then it would just be you would not have this problem. But if your system had been in- implemented a year ago, then even more so you wouldn't have this problem. Absolutely. I mean, if you were a migrant laborer and there was money transferred to your phone and you were walking across the road, you could go and get food from any part of your journey. Right now, with a ration card, you have to get all the way back to your village to be able to access the food that the government is giving you. It's about putting order. Yes, exactly. So as the Indian constitution guarantees social and economic justice, what do you feel would be the way to give justice to the people currently suffering due to this crisis? I mean, I think justice is sort of a concept that is a little more advanced. Justice would be first for them to be recognized as workers. You know, there is so much so much work that is happening in the unorganized sector that these people are not even counted. I think the first step towards giving justice is saying, you know what, you provide valuable work, which we have learned during this crisis when the migrants are going away and everybody's panicking what will happen to the factories, what will happen to our farms. The first step towards justice is recognizing that, you know what, you are valuable to us, therefore you are in a database, and when there is a crisis, we will address it towards you. Absolutely. When you're in crisis or when you're in need otherwise, when you have an accident and five of your fingers get chopped off, then, you, you know, you are valuable. We have a constitution and that constitution guarantees these people these basic rights. So let's carry out a very, very simple and effective policy, like you've said, to give what is guaranteed in the constitution. Absolutely. And, and another thing that I would you know, there are th- I think any good, healthy society is built on three sort of pillars, which is one is basic healthcare, basic food, and basic education. And schools have to become the centers, at, you know, community centers in which children go, are provided meals. You know, they become safe places for all the children to go and learn. So I think if 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 these centers, if schools are equipped with more facilities, I think it will be a great way to create justice within society. Brilliant. I think it's a very good perspective, Zakit, that you share. And I believe that it starts with empathy and and actively engaging in anything and taking little steps. I read in an interview of yours uh, on education, Zakit, where you said that we may not grow up to be equal people, but we have to start off being given equal opportunities. I feel it's what people do with the opportunity that determines the outcome. And, and education, as you rightly said, is part of social security because what enables a person to change his conditions is getting education, which leads to inspiration and which then leads to opportunities. Education is very key part of it so that people can be empowered to eventually stand on their own two feet. I absolutely agree. I think education is a very fundamental basic right that needs to be provided to every child because that gives them a chance to sort of at least an opportunity to express their potential and sort of find a way in this world you know every child is an asset and providing these basics to a child is investing in the future of the child and of the country that's right and so that the child can then support itself and doesn't need public handouts which ultimately it doesn't want And what you're doing by providing education is you are helping to take away the future need for provisions. Absolutely. The whole idea is that creating self-reliant individuals 
is what ultimately creates a self-reliant country. And that's what we constantly are talking about these days is self-reliance. But until and unless we don't invest in a population, that self-reliance is never going to happen. Right. I mean, this is something that I, I read about when I was researching the script for Hindi medium. And and then I started reading the the sort of the social structures of Scandinavian countries, which year after year, you know, top the happiness list in the world. And there in Norway, when a child is born, the mother is given a cardboard box, which has every amenity that the child needs for the first three months, you know? So what the, apart from the practicality of it, what the Norwegian government is saying is that every child who is born is born equal because we are giving them the same facilities. And, and one thing that I would like to point out, Frazier, is that we are a population of 1.6 billion people, but we are a food surplus country. So there it's so we have no excuse to let people die of hunger in this country. We can give everybody food. Look at what's happening today with the different communities, groups who are coming out to help. The Sikh community, for example, are doing such a spectacular social service for the migrants, feeding them, taking care of them. And even going to the extent the other day I was reading and I was looking at videos of washing their tired feet and and other similar groups. I mean, the, the Corona warriors, as we call them, or the unsung heroes, we can take inspiration from them. I mean, what is the government apart from our own methods of organizing ourselves eventually? People naturally want to help and are already organizing themselves into groups to fulfill this right. And perhaps one method of achieving social security in India faster would be to somehow organize the public efforts and put them together. And if there's one resource we have in India, it's it's people's power. Absolutely. And, and one thing I do believe that we do have a lot of empathy in this country at times because of the sort of desperate poverty that we see, we might believe we don't, but India is a very empathetic country. India is a very moral country that I do believe. I mean, look at the look at the few incidents that have happened in the last week. There was a mango seller. His, his mangoes were lying on the road. Apparently, a bunch of people came, looted the mangoes and ran away. Those mangoes were worth 30,000 rupees. And when a plea was sent out for help, he got eight and a half lakh rupees as donations from people Ah. To compensate for the 30,000 rupees mangoes that were stolen. Right. My God, this is collective right. conscience. It's just amazing to see how people come together and want to help. Absolutely. Like, you know, in every dystopian film, you know, when there's a crisis, you feel the world is crashing down and people are turning against each other. And coronavirus has shown us exactly the opposite. Right. Well, there's a quote, oh, it's by some American. And what he said was every time there's a crisis, Always look for the people who are there helping. You'll always find them, no matter what. Social security is simply a matter of this desire for us to help, whether it's done on a government level or whether it's done on a... At the moment, people are having to get together and donate mangoes to this guy individually because this social security system is not, is not fully there. Uh, I absolutely believe you do care about people who donate about philanthropy. But I've always believed that societies which have a high degree of philanthropy, it's a symptom of a system that has gone wrong. You know, exactly. government systems have failed to provide and therefore high net worth individuals then have to step in. And we don't want to live off people's charity. We want people to live off people's rights. That's right. The Constitution says this. And so it's just a case of organization. It's just, and it's also a case of intention with enough outcry, with enough awareness and 
really hitting home. Like if people were to say, look, this is the voting point. This is the number one thing we care about in voting today. If the politicians heard that, it would get handled pretty quick. Absolutely. I think I think this this has to be become the front and center of all political agenda in the country. Unfortunately, at times it isn't. But then that's something that we'll probably have to keep trying, keep voicing our opinions and make that happen. Right. So is there anything else you'd like to say about how both the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights and Indian Constitution's texts on social security can be better implemented by not only those in power, but all of us? Like I say, I mean, a lot of these rights are already enshrined within the Constitution. The right to education gives the right for everybody to go to school and get an education. I think a similar healthcare right should be implemented. And uh, we also have the right to food. So so on, on paper, all of these rights exist. I think we have to find smart and efficient ways just to implement these rights. Yes, that's right. Any other smart and efficient ways? We've got, we're going to actually, it's going to be called Chowdhury's Database. <laughs> and come on, what else? What else can we name after Sakit Chowdhury? Oh, Chowdhury's school system, which is that school systems provide the food and provide the education. And there was some other good idea. Oh, and Chowdhury's direct money transfers. Anything else? I I think uh, you need a better name. I think I think you something need better than Chaudhary to to I name these schemes, and, because uh, they don't sound very attractive with the name Chaudhary attached to them. Let if the, they were called Khan, they'd be instantly accepted. Let the government decide that. But brilliant perspective. Wait, wait, wait. See if he's got any other ideas. We're trying to steal them. One thing about universal income that also I believe, and why that it needs to be transferred to women, is that women work very hard in this country. And because and a lot of times their labor is ignored, and therefore their status in society is ignored. If we were for, to find a way of acknowledging and monetizing the effort that they make, I think that would just sort of raise the profile and respect for women in the society. Wow! Very true. Really brilliant perspective, Sakit. And also, if we look at just these three points that you mentioned, and keeping that in mind, recently after the cyclone in Kolkata, people are rebuilding the city and bringing it back to normality. At the end of the day, I feel it's about the triumph of the human spirit, whether it be feeding people, getting together, and seeing that things are restored and whatever needs to be done is done. I mean, it's beautiful that human rights, which a thousand years ago were also called natural rights, are naturally followed. We instinctively realize that people have this right to food, shelter, and healthcare. I mean, the issue really is one of organizing ourselves, implementing the ideas that you've suggested, brilliant ideas, brilliant perspective, and to make that a fact. After all, social security is a collective commitment to the welfare of the underprivileged and the less fortunate. So let's take social security to a different level, and it's time for action, right? Absolutely. I think, I think I'd like to see a science fiction film which becomes a fact when people are not hungry in the world anymore. There is no reason that 21st century people still have to die of hunger and bad healthcare. Wow. Exactly. Mm. Sakit, how does this right show up in the film industry? What stories do you know of social security being respected or not in the making of films? Unfortunately, the film industry is, is not a good example of social security. There are, no, there are no permanent jobs. Everybody is more or less a freelancer. But there have been attempts by unions to provide some kind of insurance, like I've been part of the Writers Association. And we have tried that writers get some kind of a lifelong pension even after they stop getting work. 
we need to create those structures. Unfortunately, even though the film industry contributes a lot to the exchequer, it contributes a lot to the cultural space in this country, in a way, it still not looked like a proper industry in, in functioning. So therefore, we need to sort of get it that legitimacy that it requires. And we need to sort of, through unions, provide services because there are no big companies that employ thousands of workers. You know, these are small units. So the unions become a great way of sort of organizing labor within the film industry. And we should be able to provide more resources through that. Right. Like SAG in Los Angeles, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, now you have the Amita Bachin's fund, which has been doing great work recently. And it's been the same as the same as society has to come together and pay for buses to send people home, people, major names in the film industry have to come together and pay for the, the day-to-day workers. Absolutely. And I, I don't think that's a good precedent. You know, it's, it's very generous of them. It's, uh, it's very nice of them. But there should be systems in place rather than depending on the generosity of individuals. Well, totally. It's your, it's your earlier point, which is that the philanthropy is only a result of failure of system. People want to help. People want to help and they do help. It's just a case of how can we organize that help? Yeah, yeah. But, but people want to help, but people sometimes wonder how much should they help, how much help they need to give. There's a lot of doubts and questions. You, when you have strong structures, you don't have those, those gray areas. Exactly. I really liked your perspective about the systems because I really believe in that. It's about putting in systems, putting in order, putting organizing things. And yes, help is important and people are stepping in, doing what they can. And of course, that's the basis of our humanity, how much we can help. I feel it's equally important to also acknowledge, Sakit, those that do work. For example, who do create environments that create more jobs as as they are the ones kind of creating the income and generating the taxes that the government allocates to the care of the poor. Don't you think so? Absolutely. I think I think I do believe in a system of free trade. I do believe that it is most important that we create, that we keep creating jobs and we encourage businesses to, to do that. You know, it's, it's very important that we provide a system where people can start new companies, can access finance for new companies and invest that in employment. You know, so I think it's very important that any structure that we create encourages investment, encourages business, and encourages employment. Yes, exactly. Uh, We've got another one of Chowdhury's laws now. (laughs) Okay, so let's lighten the mood with some rapid fire questions. What picture first comes to your mind when you think of social security? Uh, Manthan by Sham Benigal. It was one of the first films that I saw which were about people getting together, creating cooperatives and sort of bettering their lives. This was about the milk cooperative with Anand and the film always stayed in my mind. Great. Great. Who's your human right hero and why? My human right hero, Teddy Roosevelt, who offered America the New Deal. And, you know, you think of America as a, as a great capitalist society, but they were the ones who created social, social uh, security, all those things that came out of Roosevelt's New Deal. Wow, that's cool. What animal represents social security for you? What animal represents social security? Uh, I think most animals in the sense that they they sort of, but I'd say penguins because penguins have a very, very stru- 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 structured family unit, you know. <laughs> you know they, they, they have proper families. They have very organized systems. So I'd say, yeah, 
penguins sort of represent and they're very human like so i love that's that lovely. i got the picture of you know all of them running in the glaciers right. and that's okay what makes you feel secure the fact that i will have an opportunity to go work tomorrow make money provide for myself provide for my family that is what makes me feel secure exactly mm-hmm. that's the whole point isn't it feeling secure is the reason you don't get depressed you don't get anxious if you feel secure it's just that basic thing of having food in the fridge so who is the kindest person you know there's this person in bangalore who sort of takes care of 900 stray dogs and he was an it worker and he sold three of his houses to provide for those 900 stray dogs wow i mean i can't think of a kinder person in the world right now apart from this man really? yes seriously it's a lovely story yes So the last one is tell us a funny story to do with if if possible tell us a funny story to do with all this with with social security right. yeah funny story to with social security the one i remember is is about while we were researching hindi medium which was about the right to education and there is this argument that is put forward that poor people don't care about their children's education as much as rich people do and this person he was like a chicken vendor you know he would get some some few pieces of chicken from the dealers and then he would just put them on the street and sell them you know and his daughter was fortunate enough to get admission in an english medium good school under the right to education and every evening he would sit with his daughter trying to figure out what she was learning in school and he realized that she wasn't learning enough so the next day he went to her school and realized that she was sitting on the last seat and was very far away from the teacher and wasn't being able to hear clearly and understand what was going in the classroom he insisted that his daughter sit in the front bench so that she can learn better and that shows us that even poor people care about their children's education as much as any rich person in the world and that was very amusing but it was also very heartwarming yes Beautiful. yes Love it. did did you pick that up in the film uh the spirit of it yes we did yes we we that that father became sort of the template for the sham prakash character that we sort of created in hindi medium oh wow does he know that does that real man know that no he doesn't unfortunately they not uh, there was uh, there was another i don't know if this is an idea but about a father who sort of every day would dress up in shirt and pant and leave home so his child could ima- believe that he went to an office and was not a daily worker so the child would aspire to that oh i oh, love that that's love brilliant it. Okay, end of rapid fire circuit. Do you have any message of hope for people during these difficult times listening right now to the podcast? Absolutely, I think this has shown us apart from being a massive crisis, it has shown us that in situations like this people do come together. People are essentially good and they've try and help other people. Well, if there's one message that we can hear, it's that people are basically good. You hear the screaming rabid news constantly telling you the stories of how bad people are but that's rubbish and there's evidence look at that 8.5 lakhs for the mango man you know mm. people are basically good that is true so sakit i know you've made films that have touched the hearts of millions but is there anything else you've done in these recent days to help that others can also do essentially all i've done is donated money to people who are doing good work i feel they have the the insight and they have the resources to provide it and the best that we can do is stay out of the way and keep providing them with resources to do their job and i would love to 
try to help people in any other capacity that I can. But unfortunately, donating is what I've been doing right now. Thank you, Sakit. Very inspiring and very encouraging. Now, Fraser has my favorite question of the day. Sakit, what would life be like if this right was 100% followed? It would be incredibly beautiful. Imagine all these children being able to come up with new ideas, being able to express themselves through art. You know, the world would be a beautiful place. And, and I mean, it would be better than any science fiction, incredible story that you can imagine that will happen in the world. More artists, more musicians, more ideas. You know, we would, we would sort of, you know, literally try and travel into the future very quickly if every child was able to express his potential. Right. Who's that mathematical genius who came from the slum and ended up in Cambridge and they wrote the film, The Man Who Knew Infinity? I, I know who you're talking about, but he didn't come from a slum. Though. Uh, Ramachandran or something like that. I'm sorry, I forget his name. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, that's the point. It's like there are geniuses sitting out there who we just do not know about. And what we're talking about is we're talking about providing that basic need and what you will release, the, what will happen in the culture, the the colors, the films, the like you said, the ideas, the new, the startups that will pop up. It it would just be phenomenal and just a whole different world. Absolutely. Yes, Akit. This is also one of the most difficult of the human rights. Is someone who has less than what we do lesser as a person? Of course not. I feel one important way to at least take a step forward towards this is just the respect we give to people. Beginning with that alone takes us a little bit closer to equality. Sakit, we loved having you. But what I don't love is this is the end of our podcast with one of our favorite directors. Sakit, if we promise to do the dishes for you every day, can we come and talk to you some more and explore your fabulously interesting mind? Absolutely. I mean, you, you'll have to do a lot more than the dishes because I will not several other chores but yeah you're most welcome yes okay thank you done <laughs> great thank you so much Sakit thank you Sheena I'd like to end by letting you know United for Human Rights provides free online human rights courses as well as delivers free curriculums to any school or university in the world please go to humanrights.com and start your course any school or university you know to order their free curriculum it's been so inspiring to hear Sackett's stories, but now we want to hear yours. Please record a maximum 90-second video with stories of your points of view, struggles and successes to do with social security, and we'll upload them on our YouTube channel. And send us your social security artworks, drawings, poems, stories, paintings, etc. We're running a contest to show our favorite chosen stories and artworks on the screen at the United Nations in New York next year. Email them to Fraser at the rate humanrights.com. That's F-R-A-S-E-R at the rate humanrights.com. Lastly, if you want to help spread awareness of basic rights and equality, please get in touch. We need all the help we can get. Thank you again, Sakit Chowdhury, for your inspiring input. Thank you for having me, guys. It was a lovely talking to you. Thank you so much and take care, stay safe. Human rights define the word equality. If we don't respect and love each other, we're just living a lie. Because united starts with you and I, you feel me?
together No matter how bad the weather It will be alright, keep it tight Cause we all got our freedom rights Every day, from the night to the broad daylight Don't discriminate, learn to appreciate So you don't have to imitate Don't be the one to hate It's never too late You got the right to life Innocent to prove it guilty You can say what you like Gotta get the education Don't throw it away Know your human rights Cause it can help you someday इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट